Welcome to What's Going On, the weekly podcast and videocast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of What's Going On. I'm Pastor Katie here at First United Methodist in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm glad you could join me for this episode. For this episode, I would like to kind of wrap up um, the sermon series that we just finished on Half-Truths, because I think for a lot of people, that was a really impactful series. So I just want to talk a little bit about that and kind of sit with that a little bit and then talk about um, our series for Lent and um, and and some possibilities and challenges as a Lenten practice. I know that um, by the time you watch this, uh, Lent will have begun, but as someone very wise once said, any thing worth doing is worth doing poorly, meaning just because Lent has started doesn't mean that you can't begin, just because you didn't begin right away doesn't mean you can't benefit from a Lenten practice, even if you're a couple days late. So <clears throat> with that, um, that's where I am headed in this episode. So I want to talk a little bit about this half chew series that we just finished. Um, <clears throat> this is a series I've been familiar with for a while. I want to give a big thank you to Adam Hamilton for doing the initial work of putting that series out to his church, the Church of the Resurrection. Um, I've just found it to be very helpful and very um, impactful for a lot of people. Uh, this last one, I think, is the one that, um, from my gauge of the reactions that I received as people left worship, um, the one that probably hit people the most as far as not like physically hit people, but like uh, emotionally touched people um, where people felt convicted or people felt like, yes, this is this, the, there's a assurance of truth within, within what I was talking about. And that was the half truth of love the sinner, hate the sin, which is something that um, I hear quite often, actually, uh, that that's what we as Christians are supposed to be doing. And in the sermon, if you haven't watched it yet, um, actually, I'd really encourage you to go and watch that sermon. Um, you can find it on our Facebook page. You can find it on our YouTube channel. And you can also find it on our website. If you go to the live stream archives, you'll be able to find it there. Um, <clears throat> but one of the, the main challenges of that sermon was this idea of um, how we think of people um, matters. Um, when I was talking with my Tuesday lunch group about about this sermon prior to me preaching it, one of the the comments that I got was, isn't it just semantics? I mean, we're all sinners, therefore we are supposed to love the sinners. Yes, that's true. Um, but it is not just semantics and how um, the labels we choose to use for people influence how we think about people. And I use the example of uh, the label of homeless. And, and that really didn't come from me. That came again from that Tuesday lunch study, which is just an incredible group. And, and if you're available on Tuesdays at lunch, bring your lunch with you. Um, come and sit in on the conversation and be a part of it. But <clears throat> how people will react differently um, if they find out that someone is homeless, uh, that there's a lot of judgment that goes along with that. There's a lot of um, assumptions. There's a lot of uh, attitude changes that happens when that label gets applied to someone like, oh, I didn't know you were homeless. Or or we'll think, oh, well, we can just give 
this to the homeless. Like they'll just be grateful for anything. Like we just kind of put all of this stuff within that label. And it's the, when we do the same with a lot of different kinds of labels, one that came up was, you know, someone who was labeled a problem child at school and how um, that label can, can cause teachers can cause other students to, to treat that student in a certain way to, um, you know, assume a lot of things instead of really seeing that student as a person and being curious as to why they're behaving in the way that they are, you know. Um, and so, I, I mean, I guess for me personally, that that one just really sticks out. And to be honest, I've been really convicted by this uh, uh, this week of um, of the ways in which I do that, the ways in which I judge people, the ways in which <clears throat> I learn one thing about a person and then I decide a bunch of things about that person. I don't know whether or not those things are true, but I've decided that about them. I've decided how I'm going to view them if I want them in my life, if I'm going to <clears throat> trust anything they say because um, they might have a, a difference of opinion about me about something. And we do that, don't we? We find out that someone has a different political party than we do, and all of a sudden we look at them with suspicion. If they believe that, well, what else do they believe, right? What else good could they could they possibly know? <laughs> That's what we got to move away from. I heard a story this morning of a mom who was talking about her teenage daughter who was heartbroken. And, the and, and we kind of were asking, you know, what happened? And the mom said that her daughter's boyfriend told her, you are living in sin. And I just can't be a part of that. And how the daughter was heartbroken. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of why the son thought that, um, because honestly, for for my point, it doesn't matter. Um, he found out something about her and made such a judgment and elevated himself so much in that moment to say, you're not good enough for me. You are a sinner. You are living in sin. And what, do, what happens in that moment when we say things like that? The underlying unspoken thing that, that is getting communicated is that you are living in sin and I am not. You are a sinner and I am not. You are unworthy of me. And one of the things I talked about in the sermon series, and especially in the last sermon, is that we have no right to say those things. We are all sinners. We are all living in sin because we are human and because we are broken and because we all make mistakes and we all fall short even though we try and we're doing the best we can and we're making sense of this life as best we can and we're trying to follow Jesus and sometimes it's not always clear what the right and best path is but we do the best we can and so to have someone who was also stuck in the mire of sin come and say you are living in sin you are a sinner while they themselves are in the same place that's not helpful 
And I don't want to be the kind of church that is teaching that to our children and youth. I don't want to be the kind of church that is saying that to our people. I don't want to be the kind of church that promotes that kind of idea that we are somehow better than anybody else. We are all flawed. God loves us still. None of us deserve what we have, but God gives it to us anyway. It is not our place to judge. It is not our place to judge others because we, <laughs> we could be judged just as much. And when we start judging others, we forget. We forget what we deserve. I really want to be a church that, <laughs> that in the community, people say, you know what? Those Methodists, they'll take anybody. You can go there and they will treat anybody like a human. They will treat just anyone who walks through their doors like they are God's beloved. You're homeless. You're welcome at the Methodist church. You got problems, guess what? You're welcome. You can go to the Methodist church because they'll take anybody. You've been told you're living in sin. You can go to the Methodist church and meet God. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. That's the kind of church that I feel called to serve. That's the kind of church that I think we can be and that and that we're on our way to being. You know, that's when we say open hearts, open minds, open doors, that's what I see it meaning. Everyone is welcome here. We don't think we're better than other people. We're not going to judge you when you walk in the door because of whatever you are carrying with you, because we all are carrying things too, and we get it. And God loves us anyway, and God loves you anyway. We're going to meet you with the compassion and forgiveness that Christ met us with. Not because you deserve it, but because that's what we were given. And that's what we are called to give. That's the kind of community that we're meant to be as a church. Not the kind of community that teaches our people to walk around pointing fingers saying, you are living in sin. You are doing it wrong. You need to do it like me. You need to be like me. You need to, you know, because it goes back to that, <laughs> that parable that Jesus taught, right? Of the Pharisee and the tax collector. That's like praying to God. Thank you, God. For bringing me up in the family that I'm in, in the country that I'm in, in the uh, situation that I'm in, so that I don't have to be a poor sinner like this tax collector. Thank you for allowing me to be so holy and so perfect and so wonderful because I don't have to deal with what that guy's dealing with. That's not being humble before God. May we all remember, especially during the season of Lent, where we take stock of who we really are, when we take stock of this one life that we have to live. You think Jesus is going to go around saying at the end of your life, 
you know what? Your neighbor was doing this and you you didn't point that sin out to them. Depart from me. What do you think Jesus is going to say? I was hungry. And you gave me nothing to eat because you decided that I was a sinner. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink because you decided I wasn't worthy. I was in prison and you decided that I deserved to be there and you didn't visit me. May we be people of love. Let's do our part in loving people, in loving people in the kingdom, into the community, giving them hope and a chance to believe something better about themselves and something better about God. Now we are moving to a different um, series during the season of Lent. So this series is gonna run up to Easter and you might be not as excited about it as I am, but maybe you are. Uh, but we're going to be doing a series focusing on the cross. And part of the reason I wanted to do this is um, <clears throat> Lent is the perfect time to be contemplating the cross. Uh, the cross is a central image to the Christian faith. It is central to our belief system. It's central to um, our understanding of what Christ has done for us. Um, it Through the cross is how we experience experience forgiveness of sin but if you press a lot of us on how <clears throat> things get a little murky uh okay jesus died for us how did that work why why is jesus death somehow allow me to be forgiven, allowed me to be saved, allowed me to be set free, allowed me to uh, experience eternal life. How does that work? Explain that to me. Explain why this is the setup, why this is the way that it happened, why this is the way it had to happen. Um, I think, <clears throat> you know, it's important for us to go back and really dig into kind of the central tenets of our faith and to really truly ask the difficult questions and, and to seek to understand. Um, and so we're going to be going through, so this whole, this whole topic, if you're kind of studying theology, it falls under the word atonement, which I'm going to talk a little bit about in the sermon, but basically it is, it is the way in which God reconciles humanity to God through Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to be talking about. And there's going to be ways that I'm going to talk about it that are going to seem very familiar. And there's going to be ways I'll talk about it that seem not familiar. Um, and that is on purpose. That is intentional. Um, because one of the things that we as humans tend to do is we tend to believe that the way that we view the world is the only way to view the world. The way that we understand our faith is the only way to understand our faith. That the way we experience God is the only way to experience God. And then we fall back into judgment. That's what you think about that. But the Bible says this. Well, we're going to find out that 
the Bible uses a variety of ways to talk about the cross and what Jesus did on the cross. Throughout church history, theologians have used a variety of ways to talk about what we experience through Christ. And we're going to explore all of that. And so you're going to find that some of these feel second nature to you. This feels like home. This, this, uh, this is what I know. This is what I was taught. This is the language I'm used to using. And there's going to be things that are going to feel very foreign. Um, but I want you to commit during Lent to opening up the possibility that there may be more than one way to think about it. And that may be another person sitting down the pew from you, uh, watching via our live stream on the weeks that that the way that we talk about it doesn't connect or resonate with you. It might connect and resonate with their with them, with their life experience, with how God has shown up for them. If we're going to be truly open, we have to be open to the possibility that there are different ways to express our faith in God. There are different ways to that people experience it. That's part of the reason we do those God moments is because you might recognize a God moment that other people would be like, I never thought about that being a God moment. I never thought that that was God acting in my life. I just thought it was something else. Um, the more that we can be in dialogue and conversation and learn from one another and learn from, from people who grew up differently than we did, I think the better off we're going to be. And so I invite you to take this journey with me, talking about the cross and talking about the different ways that the church over the centuries have tried to explain, tried to illustrate, um, tried to teach the central tenet of Christian faith. <clears throat> Along with that, my hope is that you will be, during the season of Lent, picking up a Lenten practice. And if the practice is uh, just utilizing our Right Now Media for the first time and, and doing your first series, I hope that you do that. If you haven't signed up, please do so. If you have and you go to the First United Methodist uh, link in the menu or on the, if you're on your computer, it'll be on the top of your screen. If you're on your phone, it's under the three lines tab. You can go down and see a picture of our church and our church name and you click on that. And I have uh, on that page a list of Lenten recommendations. Uh, and I'd like for you to pick one of those and go through that series um, during the season of Lent. Right now, I've started going through the Lexio series, which is a type of prayer practice. Well, it's it's reading scripture in a prayerful way. Uh, and I love it. And, and it asks you to download the Lexio 365 app. So every morning and night, I'm doing a devotional with it. And I've been doing it for a few days just to kind of, I wanted to get a sense of it before I recommended it. Um, and I can already tell you, it's been a blessing. And it's something that I, I wish I would have found sooner. So please don't delay find something. If it's not something in that list, that's all right. Like I said, there's over 20,000 videos. Hopefully you can find one thing that resonates with you. But those are some that I thought would be helpful that kind of deal with different spiritual practices or the season of Lent. 
um, that we that we can be doing. And then once you kind of found something and you're doing it, tell me about it because I want to hear your experiences. Or if there is a study that I, that is not recommended on that page that you think should be, let me know and we'll put it on there. Um, I really appreciate uh, everyone's feedback on that because I don't have the time to sit down and watch all of them and to be able to personally recommend, but I'm more than happy to share the recommendations from all of you. And so, yeah, that's a little bit of where my mind and my thoughts are as we begin this Lenten journey together. I want you to know that I'm just as convicted about about judgment as as I think everyone else is, and and it's an ongoing process for me as well to be to recognize it when I'm doing it, to try to stop. And to try to, again, remind myself that every single person is a whole person. I don't know their story. I, I need to be curious about people. And choose to love them, even if I don't agree with everything that they say or do. I hope that you will join me in that. And so, I hope to see you in worship soon. Uh, I do know that our chili uh, and cinnamon roll feed is this coming Sunday because of weather uh, and that we'll be doing our bowling Sunday afternoon at 2.30 at the bowling alley. Again, if you can beat me, there will be a prize in it for you. So uh, definitely worth coming out and just spending some time with some other flawed human beings who are all just trying to love Jesus and love each other as best we can. So until next time, God bless. Thank you for joining us for this episode of What's Going On, a podcast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. We'd love to have you join us for worship on Wednesday nights at 6.15 or Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. You can also worship with us online at firstumcyankton.org or find us on YouTube.